a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Deus Ex Media. Welcome to the restricted section in which I am breaking up with Harry Potter and it's the most traumatic breakup of my life, including mom and dad's divorce. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry. We did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, chapter 23, Horcruxes, in which we finally get to see Professor Slughorn's real memory where he explained Horcruxes to Tom Riddle and then we chat about it and we're going to chat about it. I'm your host, Christina. I'm delighted to be joined today by my friend Josh from Super Scary Podcast. Say hello to the listeners, Josh. Hello, listeners. And we are also joined by my dear friend, Michael Boothby. Say hello to the listeners, Michael. Hey, everybody. How's it going? You can't talk back. That's weird. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. They're like, hey, Michael, good to hear you. <laughs> yeah. good, to, good to hear your voice. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you were on the podcast very recently. I was. Because yeah. you are the kind of friend who says yes. <laughs> and it's my favorite thing about you. Um, you've actually come on a couple times this book. I'm very excited about that. Yeah. It's one of my Josh, favorites. you have not been on this book yet. Is that right? That is correct. Whoa. Okay. So tell me, like, where does Half-Blood Prince fall for you in your ranking? Like, how much do you like it compared to the other books? Um, so I, well, this is one of the books that I got, um, from my Nana, uh, for like the midnight, you know, releases or whatever. So I, I remember reading it at least like once, but it just didn't, um, like, I feel like it's lower in my tier. Like I feel Mm -hmm. more nostalgic about like books one through three. I feel like, um, that's a really good point. Because I think that the nostalgia does play a huge role in, like, how much you like Harry Potter. Yeah. So I feel Mm -hmm. like as, uh, I think, actually, I think my Nana wrote in the book when she got this. Oh, July of 2005. That's really cute. Yeah, so. Did she write a message to you or anything? Yeah, she did. It says, Joshua, I hope you enjoy this book. We love you. Nana and Papa Ken, July 2005. That's really, really cute. That's a really cute thing to have on the inside of your Harry Potter book, something that you will have for the rest of your life. Yeah. I have this problem where people give me gifts of books a lot because, hello. And, um, <laughs> book queen. you know, book queen. <laughs> book and, queen. like, you know, most of them come in at about, you know, under $25 a pop. So it's always appropriate for Secret Santa or whatever. But um, a lot of times people, especially my parents, will write something like that on the inside cover, which is so sweet and nice. I love it so much, except books come in and leave my life so quickly. You know, they come and they go and I cannot keep all of them. I can't even (laughs) keep all the all the books my mom has ever gifted me could not fit on a shelf. I got to get rid of them when I finish reading them sometimes. And then I have to take the Sharpie and like exit out because I don't want the next person seeing the sweet words my mommy wrote to me. I just imagine you with a with a sharpie just being like, God, God. <laughs> <As> you, <laughs> like, I'm done with this book. <laughs> <laughs> 
got to drop it at the little free library. I, the other day though, I was, my mom was at my house and I was like, mom, here's the books I'm giving away. Like, do you want any of these? I think I got you guys with that too. Oh, take my books, take my books. Yeah. My mom was like, um, these ones are actually mine and I lent them to you. And I was like, oh, sorry. I did not read those. <laughs> so <sorry>. Whoops. <laughs> Let's get to it. Let's talk about the superpower of love. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, which Harry is really underwhelmed with. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's like, like, "This is this is way less cool than what Voldemort's doing." Right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's true. Um, before we start, though, we do have a listener email. Ooh. It's a shorty, aka Moss didn't write it. <laughs> um, this one's from Chloe, and this is regarding the unknowable room episode, <clears throat> which came out a couple weeks ago. Chloe says, I have a couple thoughts about the unknowable room episode. First, Tonks is upset at Lupin. Harry thinks Harry just thinks she's upset about Sirius. I think that I was really high when we were having this conversation and I tuned out by accident, which is the dangers of driving your podcast high is that you can <laughs> tune out and then you're like, oh, no, I'm in charge. I feel like I answered Andrew when he was talking about this. I answered it like really stupidly. Or maybe not at all. I was like, anyway, because <laughs> I had tuned out by accident. So if anyone was confused, Chloe is clarifying. Tonks is upset about Lupin. Harry just thinks she's upset about Sirius. That's something he came up with all on his own because he thinks it fits what's, what he's seen. It like doesn't occur to him that Tonks could be in love with Lupin, which she is right now. It also fits Lupin, but that doesn't become clear until later. Also, Chloe goes on. Tonks' mother, Andromeda, was Sirius's first cousin. Um, from what I found online, she's the daughter of one of the Walburgas brothers, not Walburgas, Walburgas. So in that episode, I thought I remembered that Tonks and Sirius were first cousins themselves. And I even felt like I looked it up online. And I think that in the episode, you hear me say, I'm going to look this up online. And then I'm like, confirmed what I said was right. But it wasn't. So I'm dumb. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how I fact checked it and still got it wrong. But this sounds right to me. Did not fact check it. Trusting Chloe here. Tong's mother Andromeda was Sirius's first cousin. So like how is uh, if if that's the case. Tong's mom is Sirius's first cousin. Then how what is their relationship? Is that a second cousin? Is that a first cousin once removed? Do you just call him a cousin and not worry about it? Yeah, I mean, my, th this is kind of funny because uh, Frank's family has some of that where it's like some of his second cousins are like the same age as him or like vice versa. Like it's just kind of oh, yeah. like a weird, uh, you know, however the cookie crumbles. But yeah, they all just call each other cousins. But I think technically it's your second cousin. Like I okay. like I guess Tonks would be Sirius's second cousin in this case. Hmm. Yeah, I think that w the reason we were talking about if they're cousins is because Harry is like, oh, Tonks was probably in love with Sirius, and I think that for the purposes of that conversation, they're just all cousins. You probably shouldn't be in love with any of them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a cousin. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, unless if Great Britain is like, you know, 
the the deep deep south you know the they're the freaking um stereotypes of that you know <laughs> joshua there's only like eight pure blood magic families left and they have to interbreed so hard to keep that uh, i feel like uh, <laughs> i know not the interbreed <laughs> i know i know i know all right well thank you so much for that chloe listeners always fact check me i mean always tell me you don't have to do that but if you know that i'm wrong let me know because i'm i stay wrong <laughs> so let's talk about chapter 23 horcruxes and goddamn we're finally here guys at the plot of the series we've only read six and a half books to get here we finally did it we did it joe oh, five and a half books yeah she's really plotting so hard right now so in the last chapter harry potter got his teacher slughorn drunk and <laughs> coerced a memory out of him it would feel icky if it wasn't to save the world so i kind of get it (laughs) he's running at the beginning of the chapter he's like running right after that into the castle after getting the memory and he can feel his felix felicius wearing off we don't need it anymore though when he gets to the common room the portrait lady who I every time they call her the fat lady now i'm like come on man her name is denise like why are we doing this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he probably could have used that uh felix felicius in this moment just to you know kind of convince her to get into the damn common room <laughs> <laughs> she says that the password changed at midnight which is such a cunty thing to tell to a child who's trying yeah. to get into a safe space <laughs> and then nearly headless nick drifts by and tells harry that dumbledore is back from his travels he's in his office So Harry, like, runs off, and Denise, the portrait lady, is like, wait, I I was lying, I was mad at you, come back, you can come in. (laughs) And and actually screams the secret word after him. So it's like, like, imagine if, like, freaking his his boyfriend Draco is, like, listening. (laughs) (laughs) Now they they have to change the password, because... (laughs) Great, Denise. So Harry runs straight to Dumbledore's office, which Dumbledore's like, what the fuck? And then Harry's like, I got the thing. And Dumbledore's like, oh, hell yeah, let's do this. <laughs> like, he's so ready. He just got back from traveling. You got a burn up hand, like, <laughs> he, but he's ready to go. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going to take a quick night night. <laughs> come back in the morning. <laughs> I was going to say nap, but then I I swerved. swerved. You need the full sleep at that point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dumbledore is just like so supportive, though. <laughs> like He's like, he's like not even pissed. You owe to what do I owe this very late pleasure? Right? <laughs> <laughs> even even when he's upset with Harry, he's like, I'm going to I'm going to make this positive and be excited. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's just he can read minds. Anytime mm. he asks a question, I'm like, but you already know. Why are you doing this? Yeah. What What is this bit you're doing? <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to relate to other people. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, hmm, what would it be like if I had to ask for my information? <laughs> what did normal people do? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because he's been trying to get this memory out of Slughorn for so long. Can't you just read his mind when he's thinking about how he doesn't want you to see it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah, why doesn't it's he late. do that? It's late. Guys. It's late. <laughs> it says right there. 
thought all thought of the lateness of the hour forgotten. I, I love this though because it's like that scene of the dude who just like whatever's on the desk, just like getting rid of all of it. You know, it always happens in every movie. It's like Eureka! All of this shit doesn't matter. <laughs> Let's move the plot forward dramatically. Fuck yeah. whatever I was doing. <laughs> yeah, right. Fuck all this shit. Exactly. <laughs> So we go into the Pensieve. We are back in Slughorn's office and we replay the first bit of the memory from earlier. You know, they're like doing the Slug Club. He's eating his crystallized pineapple. He's like, oh, you clever boys. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it was boys only back in the day. Yeah. Right. I don't think there's any girls. That makes sense. Yeah. Which is like mildly like weird. Right. Like. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe I'm just reading into it. But I mean, I think it's sexist at best. Yeah, I think I think in my mind when it cuts to the scene and it's like like Tom's talking and like all the other guys are just like laughing in the background. And I'm like, I'm like, are we at Dead Poet Society? Is this that same? Oh my school? God. <gasps> yes. <laughs> same kind of vibes where like he's just like this leader of the boys, but he's like actually really evil. <laughs> We've been like closely following Slughorn this whole time because I've been really ready to attribute pedophile vibes to him i'm so ready to call a, mm. an old straight white, white man a pedophile if he gives me a single reason to we're not fucking around in that territory anymore period period but i have not found a single thing in this book that is even like remotely inappropriate like he is definitely like very self-serving he like is is like has favorites like he definitely has like other flaws but he's like strictly professional with the children in his care despite forming a cult around himself (laughs) right like that's just his ego right exactly he's like the teacher with the big ego who wants to feel important all the time Uh he's not a he's not a bad guy he's just very annoying (laughs) yeah i think he sometimes is even kind of a good guy but not really No, <laughs> Only he, by he's accident. always he's always serving himself, which is like what I yes. think that's what this whole chapter is about, because he ends up helping who the kid who becomes God, the dark so lord because he has no boundaries. Oh. He's like, oh, no, yeah. I won't do this. He's like, oh, I, you know, I has this club and he wants them all to like still talk to him and give him attention. So totally yeah. Riddle just had to butter him up a little bit with the crystallized pineapple and the compliments. <laughs> Riddle is so good at it, though. He's just like, I, I no. literally put in, like, maybe 10% effort and got what I wanted. <laughs> like, Well, oh, and the way... Where's the... the way- oh, you're, you're about to talk about it. Yeah, when, no, like, when Harry... Gonna- I was just gonna say, when Harry is, like, talking about Riddle, he's like, God, he's perfect. He's okay, like, it's yeah. like, it reminds <laughs> me of the business... Like, the business card scene from, um... What's that movie? Uh... Oh, um, American uh, you know, Psycho. American Psycho, right? Where he's like, oh, the, the, the font, the crisp. Very nice. Look at that. Picked them up from the printers yesterday. Good coloring. That's bone. And the lettering is something called Cillian Rail. It's very cool, Bateman. It's like, like literally like the whole paragraph. That's what he's like, actually, he's like, damn, I could learn from this guy if I didn't hate him so much. Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that like the way that everyone, including like Harry and like Dumbledore and like everyone is always reminding us how hot Tom Riddle was in like in his young adulthood. Like I probably would have given him anything, too, if he's that fucking hot. Yeah. He's hot, he's charismatic, he's confident, he's he's all yeah. the makings of a dictator. <laughs> oh, oh, so <laughs> in in the Half-Blood Prince movie, there is a different actor 
from the Tom Riddle in the Chamber of Secrets. Chamber mm. of Secrets, Tom Riddle. And I checked it. He was like 24 when he played that role. So I yeah. fucking checked it because he is <laughs> so hot. He can get it. He is so extremely hot. Yeah. That's the kind of Tom Riddle that I would join his cult. <laughs> Death Eater? Sure, I'll eat anything, man. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. So Tom Riddle, canonically hot, says, Professor Slughorn, do you know about horcruxes? And Slughorn is like, wow, this sounds like a really cool school project that you're working on, I assume. Because <laughs> why else would you be asking him about this? And Tom Riddle's like, whatever you need to believe, dude. <laughs> sure. So we learn in this lesson from Slughorn that a horcrux is an object in which someone puts a part of their soul. It prevents you from dying if your body is killed, but you can only make a horcrux by doing murder. And I want to stop here for starters. I'm not here to say like, yeah, murder, but I think in the history of forever, some murders have been necessary or called for, for like self-defense reasons. I feel like maybe there's a murder. Maybe there is a murder that would not rip your soul in half. You know what I mean? Yeah. So is he saying that any and all murder rips your soul apart? Is that is that what he's trying to say here? I, I feel like it is, which is insane because like, there are murderers out there. <laughs> like, yeah. why weren't we talking about maybe Sirius Black having horcruxes if he fucking mass murdered 12 people in the street or whatever? Mm. See, no, that's a good now that's cutting, that's cutting holes into the propaganda. See, that's, Tina, you need to be reporting. You need to be out there <laughs> in the world of Hogwarts reporting against the propaganda. Well, unfortunately, I do know too much about Harry Potter. So I think that at the time, just no one had any indication what a Horcrux was. Right. <laughs> because they're learning about it right now in this very scene. Exactly. <laughs> but it just seems wild. Like, if someone is, like, forcing entry violently into your home and you kill them to protect your children and now your soul is torn in half. Mm. But is that, but isn't that... I think it, but like, isn't the whole thing of the Horcrux is like you kill someone like with the intention of like putting a part of your soul into like something of theirs? Murder feelings. Yeah. Oh, so you, oh, you have to know while you're doing it. Well, because right, because that's like, right, because it's like, that's how it's a Horcrux, right? It's like a dark magic spell. It's like you're like, yeah. right? I, at least that's my kind of thing. Isn't that the whole thing of like dark magic and light magic? It's like. Dark magic is like the other person doesn't consent to it. And light magic is like things that help people or things that are like neutral or like solving okay. problems. Whereas this that is makes like sense destruction. To me, um, yeah. Especially because at the end of the book series, spoiler alert, Harry <laughs> Potter dies. And the it's like the accidental Horcrux, the one he never meant to make. Like that shit was a fluke. And I think that that means that people aren't just out here accidentally making horcruxes left and right when they do murder. You know what I mean? Right. right. So I think that you're probably right about that. Right. Which I think just like a step, th it's like, what is murder, right? It's like, if we have like, if we're viewing us all as like, like if we're all one, when you're killing someone else, it's like you're technically killing another part of yourself. And so 
when you murder someone, it's like the ultimate disconnection of love, unity, and compassion. It's like, right? It's like the worst thing yeah. that you could do. Yeah. So, right. So that's why it's like, I feel like that's what's like. It's like you're creating this like buff for yourself as like a video game character, but you have to completely murder another character to get yeah. it. It's like you yeah. take their life as to just be a vessel for yours, which is... So oh, oh my God. That's so... Putting Ugh. it that way is so crazy right isn't it literally is because that's what like that's what voldemort did he's like he's like i want to live forever it's like ooh, i'll i'll build i'll have seven lives like a cat but but in order to get those he's like fuck you in particular fuck you in particular you will now hold my soul you will know how my soul and it's like it's so gross he's like a dragon he's like a yeah yeah but that's why he's so evil (laughs) it makes me wonder why some of the I, i know like the death eaters are just like his you know, posse or whatever to, to his cult, his cult. Yeah. His sex cult. Ugh, yeah. yeah. But, but you'd think like someone like Bellatrix would have learned how to do horcruxes as well. I don't know. Just like certain people, maybe not to that. That's the a good question. No, I mean, that is yeah. a great question though, because wouldn't any of these other people be like, Oh, I'm going to have all the horcruxes. But right. It's a plot device, right? It, it that well, definitely is sure. like a whole, but that, I, I think, like, even uh, so, I've always kind of wondered, like, why did Voldemort want to be immortal? Like, his life wasn't that good. But someone like Bellatrix, who grew up with money and power, yeah, that that's a bitch who wants to be immortal. Yeah. More money, more power, more life. Like, why is Voldemort. It's like because he's scared of death. It, it's like exactly. What it no, that, to, that's what I was like, going to say. Yeah, it's just like, I mean, why is he doing like, why did he kill Harry's parents? Because he feared like this prophecy. And he's like, oh, I don't, oh, I want to live. Well, I don't want to die. So I have to kill this guy's parents. And then that like leads to it's just it's just like one thought of fear rippling out. Yeah. Yeah. Fear is the mind killer. Sorry to pull it's Dune, true. but it's. Fear is it's the true killer. though. It's true. It's like when you look at your life, when you like feel fear, and then when you feel love and joy, like very different feelings. Yeah. Mm. Wow. You know, <laughs> this chapter has so little in it, kind of. It's like most of it is just this, and then like a lot of explanation. And I was like, I have a feeling we're gonna get into some of the nitty gritty of this Horcrux fuckery. Yeah. It's. I mean, it's it. The thing is, it's like this. Even the concept of a Horcrux is like a really deep spiritual and philosophical concept. That's like really interesting and really yeah. fucking dark. Like I'm really it happy is. they don't exist, right? Because like all these, but like right. It's like when you think about these, like Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk, all these people. It's like, what are they all doing all this? Because they're like fearing death and they want to be remembered forever. Yeah. And instead of, but instead of doing something really noble and great for humanity, they like hold on to their power and like force it all down our throats. Whoa. <laughs> you know? So. Wow. They're all Voldemorts. I mean, in a way, it's like, isn't they're everything all they're doing. Voldemort. Everything that they're creating is a horcrux. <laughs> <laughs> put Jesus that in the episode. Put that in the episode. Put that in the description. <laughs> but then we, we all have their apps on our phones and like each one is a tiny little horcrux. Literally. In a way, right? Because it's like, how, well, if you want to really get into it, like, it's like, aren't we like, like giving a bit of our soul away every time that we use like something Literally. that is convenient, that is yes. made off of the backs of suffering of people on this planet who we never see? And that's what this whole system is. This whole system is horcruxes. But we can't like, to, to choose to live without it all, they've made it difficult to. But that's the point. It's easy. Now it's easy to use all of this. And now everyone's using it. And now our whole world's disconnected. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Are we, wow. are we the Horcruxes? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. So t- Tom pushes the conversation. He speculates that multiple Horcruxes would be much more useful than just one. Because, you know, I mean, like math. Like, it's harder to kill two things than it is to kill one thing. It's harder to kill seven things than it is to kill two things. So seven is the most magically powerful number. That's like, uh, I wonder if that's like a Wicca thing. It probably goes back like way further than that. I'm not sure the origins of the number seven. But you should write that down for a blog post, Michael. I'm, I'm but, looking it up right now. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> but seven is like a magically powerful number. That's why there's seven fucking Harry Potter books. Like she really, uh, she really milks the number seven in this series. I, I will say I know from just the tarot numerology that okay. seven is always the card for sacrifice. Whoa! Oh, interesting. And magic always comes with a price. That comes. That's fucking once upon a time, which I've been rewatching lately. Magic always comes with a price. <sighs> Hold on, this is actually really interesting. Um, you must sacrifice. Yeah. So the number seven in the tarot always indicates um, sacrifice, right? So in the tarot, right, there's like four elements, right? So a sacrifice of either passion, fire, thoughts, a sacrifice in thoughts, which would be air, earth, or water, right? So emotion, emotions and career instability. But what's interesting, right? Because what is a horcrux? It's a sacrifice. You have to, a sacrifice uh-huh. is giving something up intentionally in order to get something. So... The act of a horcrux is a sacrifice. You're saying I am sacrificing my like goodness and in, 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 in beingness and wholeness, wholeness to yeah. get like another life when when I die. Whoa. So that's that's pretty deep. But again, I just that just came to me. <laughs> wow, that's really interesting. See, these are things that young Michael did not know when reading Harry Potter because he was just engrossed in the story and the character. Yeah. Well, it's making me think because like. Um, I was just talking about Once Upon a Time, which like whatever you feel about that TV show, you you cannot deny it has magic in it. And they <laughs> mm-hmm. say magic always comes with a price. And there's a lot of other like that's like a common trope. Like like you have to make magic cost something because otherwise right. in Harry Potter, it's just like they everyone takes it for granted mm-hmm. that they can just do magic all the time. And they just like can there's right. it takes nothing out of them. Right. It's interesting. Yeah, the concept right, of just like sacrifice and then, right, what, like what does it mean to be magic then? Like all these kids, it's like it's almost like sometimes it's like they're like ungrateful. It's like it always, it's like coming back to extreme gratitude and appreciation. Dude, Harry Potter ability. is the most ungrateful motherfucker on the face of the planet. He was taken out of orphandom <laughs> and brought to a dream school where he could learn magic and have a With family. a trust fund. He has a and trust he, fund too. With a trust fund. And he literally is like, are you telling me I have to write a fucking essay? And it's like, man, it's about transfiguration. You can do magic. Do your fucking essay and shut the fuck up. That is like, it is true. It's like the whole series at, at any moment. It's like, dude, you'd be back with the Dursleys in a public yes. school. <laughs> Like, I would be so Hermione the way that she's like, I need to learn everything. Like, yes. Hermione definitely just like from a spiritual perspective has the best mindset out of everybody in this book. (laughs) (laughs) Right? She is. She's really just, I mean, like sometimes in the beginning, she's a little self-aware of it. And like, she's like, she's like the know-it-all who wants everyone to know it. But I was like, please. But then when she learns to just really listen and like 
in, get gets in touch with her emotions and her feminine side is like she's really able to like always really help people. But then she always comes in clutch for the crew as well. Yeah, you know? that's true. That's like, why we have to fucking take her out for the climax of every book. <laughs> yeah, right. <honestly. laughs> Put that bitch in the hospital wing. That's so interesting. Wow. Actually, I, that, yeah. That, but it makes sense. It makes sense. She's not. Mm-hmm. She's she's a writer, not a fighter. You know. <laughs> Mm. Okay, uh, Dumbledore and Harry like pull out of the memory and go back into Dumbledore's office. So Tom did a Horcrux, or maybe seven Horcruxes. That's <laughs> what we're doing now. The rest of the book series is Horcruxes. It feels like a side quest, but it it's the main quest right. though. It it feels like in a video game when you get to the end and the developers are like. They just want to like keep the game going, so they give yes. you this giant <laughs> fetch quest. Honestly, <laughs> that then that but then it and then it ends with this like big battle, and that's like kind of what that's what the seventh book is. The mm-hmm. seventh book is a giant fetch quest. Mm-hmm. I just recently did this for Final Fantasy X. I've been replaying it, and it's one of my favorite Final Fantasy. It's one of my favorite Final Fantasy. Yeah, games. so good. But like towards the end, it literally is just all side quests. If you want to get like their most powerful weapons and you want like the most powerful Uh, uh spells and like all this equipment and shit. And then you like go into the battle with um, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Sin is like the big guy. The big whale, dude. He's like a big spiritual whale god that you go inside of. Whoa. It's epic. Yeah. Oh my God. So they they, like go into battle. And this is very like a religious magic uh, installment of the game. Like I've, I just recently realized that uh, playing it, but um, anyway, I'm rambling on too much about it, but uh, what was my point? Oh, that there was a, <laughs> um, <laughs> a yeah, big, big fetch, fetch quest. quest. That was my main point. But Josh, did, did you do the light? Did you do the lightning one? You know, when you have to uh, dodge like 212 lightnings to get the ultimate weapon for the magician. It is terrible, and I said fuck that. Um, so I only, <laughs> I only got like three of like the most powerful weapons, and then I just used those three characters, and it almost felt too mm. easy. So, yeah, it's funny listening to people talk about video games that you haven't played. It's like this sounds so made up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everything I just said in the last two minutes, Tina's probably like, I have no idea what you were just talking about. <laughs> I will say, I will say when I played Final Fantasy X when I was younger, I did get every legendary weapon and I hated every minute of it. And it was <gasps> not worth it. But I wow. it's like when I was a kid playing these games and I got I was like, I must all my characters must be the most powerful. I had nothing to do with the story at that point. Yeah, it was just like I, yeah. I wanted my team to be smacking, you know. Yeah, yeah. I tell you. <laughs> Anyways, we're talking about Horcruxes. Dumbledore is like, do you remember that diary that that really, really, really hot guy came out of <laughs> in the Chamber of Secrets? <laughs> he suspected at that time that it was a Horcrux. I guess so. I guess Dumbledore has also known about Horcruxes this whole time. And Ooh. when Voldemort died, I feel like Dumbledore was like, damn, I really hope that guy didn't have any Horcruxes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then in Chamber of Secrets, he was like, ooh, that might have been one of the Horcruxes. <laughs> Here's my question for both of you guys. Right? We are learning in this chapter what a Horcrux is. When do we believe that J.K. Rowling 
figured out what horcruxes were and then had to like go back and retcon it all to, oh my God. to make sense. Because you know when she wrote the first book, she had no idea what a hor- horcrux was. I think or it was... She? No, no. Okay. I think she. No. I think when she was plotting this book, she was like, "What's the secret of Voldemort, and how does Dumbledore die?" She needed to figure out those two things. Mm. What's the secret of Voldemort, and how do I get Dumbledore out of here so that Harry is so alone for the finale, the Dark right. Knight of the Soul like moment, the yeah. quest. Right. I, I will say this. I will say like making the seventh book of Fetch Quest was the perfect way to get it outside of Hogwarts and for it to make sense. Yeah. And for her to just kind of do whatever the fuck she wanted. She's like, yeah, we'll start it. We'll go to Gringotts. Yeah, we'll break out of Gringotts. Yeah, dragons, right? <laughs> yes. And then it's like, whatever she's just you like, feel about Deathly Hallows, you have to admit that shit is happening. Yeah. Right, but like, I think that's like almost the beauty of like this setup is like in this way, it's like we now know why our characters are going to where they're going. And then like, it, but it's like everything, all of the Horcruxes themselves are from Voldemort's past. So it's like, it really brings it all together in a really beautiful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore is explaining when he was like, oh, fuck, that was probably a Horcrux. He explains that, like, because Voldemort was careless with this one Horcrux that indicated to Dumbledore that there were probably more of them. So, like, probably seven. But we we don't get a confirmation of that necessarily, right? Like, um, Dumbledore keeps being like, "This is proof that I'm right," and I the it's just that that's not what proof is. That's proof <laughs> that you could be right. Like, you don't know for sure that he then went and made Horcruxes. You you know how how Dumbledore comes across in this chapter? He comes across like. Like one of those like psycholo- like like psychologists in those true crime documentaries. That's like, listen, I didn't know Ted Bundy, but this is what he would do, right? Like, there's yeah. multiple times you're like, well, well, no, Harry. He's like, he's like, oh, he wouldn't, he wouldn't have chosen that item. <laughs> no, Voldemort would have done this instead. It's like he's like he's <laughs> like in his bitch? mind. Yeah, he's like his like mind hunters. Yeah, it's really funny. Yeah, it, it's, it's funny, funny that like going off of that point is that he's going yeah. on for like. Four fucking pages worth. And Harry's just like, what? Like in between. Yeah. Like he's so dumb. <laughs> yeah. He's so dumb in this chapter. He's so dumb in this chapter. Just he's like, really being a receptacle for the plot right now. Literally. Yeah. And i I'm counting like multiple times he says, I don't understand, sir. I still don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I I guess in a way, though, it's like, why is Harry doing that? Because, like, Harry is us. And we're like, whoa, what the fuck? What is this? <laughs> right? So Harry is really just like us. He's the reader, right? We, That's why okay, he's listen, always unremarkable. Listen, listen. <laughs> you know how, like, you make someone a horcrux and you be- make them, like, a shell to hold, like, a piece of you? I feel like Harry Potter not only is a horcrux for Voldemort, but he's, like, the horcrux that holds this whole book. We had to empty him out. So that we could fit this crazy plot into this book series. And he's like left as like a nothing person. And he's just oh. like, he's going through the paces of getting to the end of the plot. <laughs> and he has these little glimmers of character. But in the yeah. end, he's just a vessel. So there are seven Horcruxes. Well, there's six because one of them lives inside Tom Riddle. Well, there's actually five because Harry already <laughs> destroyed the diary. Um, but actually there's only four because Dumbledore destroyed the ring and he got cursed in the process. That's probably nothing. 
Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, don't worry about it. I just have a really charred up hand. It's fine. Don't look at it. So these horcruxes could be anything. And we do get, I, I you know, I, I do love a lot of Dumbledore dialogue. I think that the way he says stuff is nice. And yeah. Harry's like, it could be anything. It could be in a field. It could be in a trash can. And Dumbledore says, I'm, gl- I'm glad that you understand the magnitude of the problem or something like that. <laughs> like very calmly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but... Luckily for us and luckily for Harry, Voldemort is a dramatic bitch and he's not going to just make garbage a horcrux, even though that's smart. He is going to use significant items. Yeah. What would you, Josh, what would your horcrux be if you made a horcrux and you had to like make it something that you could protect, but also maybe would be like durable if anything happened to you? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Hmm. Wait, and also, and also, who would you kill to make the Horcrux? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, let's see. I don't know who I would kill. I feel like I'm not that type of girl. You know what I mean? There's a lot of Republicans out there limiting a lot of uh healthcare oh, access to women. That's, that's true. There's so that's many true. there's so many CEOs too. I could give you a list. Some CEOs. <laughs> yeah. Like there's yeah, some just, people just Michael where... Boothby's list of evil people who I who I'm not saying I would make horcruxes out of, but you could. <laughs> Somebody could if they wanted to. This is gonna be one of my future okay. blog posts that gets me like on the an FBI watch list. <laughs> <laughs> j- j- just give me a list, Michael, and and I'll oh, I'll, I'll do it alias style. Okay. Like, um, what's her name? Jennifer Garner, and she wears the different wigs. Oh my god! <gasps> the wigs could be the Horcruxes. Wait, okay, wait. This is close to what mine was. Okay, <laughs> my Horcrux would be Donald Trump's toupee, and I would kill Donald Trump. <laughs> How are you going to protect his toupee once he dies? He's the vessel for the toupee. Because the toupee is not a part of him. <laughs> <laughs> what if it gets? Cremated alongside him or something. Well, no, it's when I when I kill him, I'd have to take it. You see? take the toupee. See, then, and then they find the body without the toupee. Dude, no one will even recognize him. <laughs> They'll be like, that's not Donald Trump. Where's the toupee? And I'll be like, <laughs> where, I got where a second life. Store, where are you going to store the toupee? On, okay, yeah, in my in my bunker. On my head. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be in my bunker in a glass case, just like on a mannequin <laughs> Josh, of. Josh just laughed so hard he knocked over the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Please leave the sound. It, it would be it would be on a mannequin of that is a one to one replica of Donald Trump's head, um, in a glass case. But he has googly eyes. Yeah. Ooh, okay, that's yeah. funny. Yeah. <laughs> but that room, that whole room has lasers and shit. It's like Mission Impossible. You're not gonna get in there. So don't even try. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, what about you, how Tina? About, about, yeah, what about you, Tina? As for who I would kill, I'd have to do a little bit more research to see who's the most deserving. Kissinger already died, so yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I, I strongly feel that Mitch McConnell is right there. Yeah. So it would be like oh, a bit no. of a, it would be a bit of a waste <laughs> when yeah. I could just wait a couple weeks. <laughs> you could wait a couple. I would definitely kill like a middle management level politician who's causing a lot of problems somewhere, but I would need to do more research. And my horcrux would be, I'm like, what lasts forever? Microplastics. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> that brown um, paper bag behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Not the Kroger bag. Kroger. Um, yeah, I think maybe like a brick or something. And then I'm just like, hope this house doesn't get demolished. And I'm just a brick in a house. All in all, just another <laughs> brick, brick in, in the house. house. <laughs> <laughs> probably the locket, probably the cup, probably something Gryffindorian and or Ravenclaw <laughs> are his horcruxes. So not the sword, though, because Dumbledore still has that. And <laughs> that bad boy Gryffindor right there. so pure. Uh, I feel like what nobody says is... Tom Riddle fucking hated Gryffindor. He would never have taken a Gryffindor item. The fucking yeah. nerd house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree. He's, he doesn't respect Gryffindor. He doesn't respect Gryffindor. Yeah. He probably doesn't respect Hufflepuff that much either, but they're too nice. He can't really muster the strength to be mad at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, I'll just have to kill one of you too, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. So... Dumbledore thinks that that one time that Voldemort came back to school to get a job when he like obviously wasn't going to get the job. He thinks that he was looking for like artifacts then mm. to horcruxify. Mm. And then Dumbledore also thinks that Nagini is probably also a horcrux. That's a, yeah. that's a safe bet. I'm glad that Voldemort has Nagini. Because he doesn't have anyone else in this world. You know what I mean? Nagini, Nagini really loves him. Especially like when you watch the movies, he's like, Nagini. Nagini's like, yes, sir. <laughs> he's like, yes, sir. Let's go. Michael, have you seen the Fantastic Beast movies? I, You know, I've actually only ever seen snippets of them. Okay, because like I need you. I can't just let you say that without telling you that in the second Fantastic Beast movie, which is a absolute shit show, we learned that Nagini is a person. No. Nagini's what? a human that gets trapped in this snake form somehow. Really? I don't really remember the details. Yeah, so that's a human. Huh. So does the human in the snake actually like him or is it under his spell? I don't remember. <laughs> those <laughs> I don't are remember two... how she ends up that way. Damn, that's, that's kind of hard though. That's crazy. Yeah, so... If you don't think Fantastic Beasts is canon, which I admire and respect, <laughs> then that doesn't matter. But from a certain perspective, that's a trapped woman. Whoa. Dang. Ah! Yeah. That's got me thinking. So, I know. No, I know. That's why you shouldn't just say dumb shit about the characters in your book series just because you want to make a movie. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well... This is kind of related to my earlier question. Kind of. Um, why doesn't he just make all of his Death Eaters horcruxes, too? Like, if he did that with Nagini. And then just, like, hide Do someone you mean away. Make them, make them into his horcruxes? Yeah. I, I, I don't know if that's possible, though. But Yeah, because, like... I wonder if he even thinks you can do that to a human... And if he didn't have Nagini, then I would be like, yeah, he definitely just didn't think you could put it in a person or like a creature. But because he has Nagini, it's like, yeah, why wouldn't he try? Maybe he just doesn't fucking trust anybody. You know what I mean? Mm. True. But like, like he's evil. So he could literally like, I don't know, take one of them. That's like the 
The least favorite. For like the least favorite, yeah. <laughs> the lack of a better term. Like, and then just like chain him to a freaking wall and like enchant him, like basically like just but that's like keeping another human alive. You know what I mean? Mm. Which is not really part of his character. You either. have to feed them, <laughs> but if you do like a tiara or something, then you don't have to feed that and take care of it. I guess you can just put it away in a room for a hundred years. True. Mm. I just think that what we're getting at here is there's a lot of ways to do this that would have made it so Harry could not have killed him. <laughs> right, right. Like he had so many Death Eaters. Granted, most of them get axed off. But like, again, if you had just someone away in a tower like Rapunzel mm-hmm. or something like. <laughs> yeah. And like he kills a lot of people like he could have just kept making horcruxes. I get that seven is a magically strong number, but a big part of that is because it's a prime number. And you know what else is a prime number? One hundred and eleven. Mm. Like that's a lot of horcruxes. Why don't you try <laughs> yeah. that? Mm. Maybe it's like. I, I have to I have to believe that just like every time you split your soul that it becomes <laughs> like even harder to do you know what I mean? If you're like a, yes. now he's like one seventh of a, of a soul in a body. Yeah, I have to just believe that like even doing seven must have been like even like pretty fucking painful and hard. It's like folding up a piece of paper. You can only fold it like so many. Yeah. Times. <laughs> yeah. I have to get. Oh, yeah. yeah. Before we move further, I have to tell you guys, you know me, I Googled is 111 a prime number and it is not a prime number. <laughs> <laughs> it is divisible by, it's divisible by three, 37 and 11. Chloe, can you write another email to, <laughs> to fact check this? Please, episode? please help me. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Dumbledore suspect that Voldemort had not yet made his final Horcrux when he tried to kill Harry. He saved, oh, I guess this answer is one of my sassy questions from a couple minutes ago. He saved because he's <laughs> dramatic. So much of this fucking story rests on the fact that Voldemort is very dramatic. He saved his Horcrux making for significant deaths. Instead of just having 111 Horcruxes, save them for the significant deaths. And overcoming Harry, per the prophecy, would have been very significant. Mm. But also maybe he used his murder of Frank at the riddle house to make his final horcrux we don't know anything we know so slightly much more now than we did before (laughs) (laughs) this is what Dumbledore has been doing when he's been leaving the school he's been looking for horcruxes and Harry's like can I come next time and Dumbledore's like yeah and Harry's like really I did (laughs) not think you were gonna say yes to that (laughs) Um, we talk a little bit more. Does Voldemort know when a Horcrux is destroyed? Probably not. He's unfeeling, you know. Well, that's convenient. he's lost. <laughs> yeah, it is very convenient that he has lost touch with these isolated parts of his soul. So Dumbledore lays it out. Basically, this is how we win with love. <laughs> Even Harry isn't buying it. That's right, Harry. We vibe. <laughs> We never uh, stop vibing. Uh, <laughs> He's like, oh, my God, I know I can love. I Like when you are 16 years old and you're being faced with like this Sisyphusian treasure hunt. You're like, where could I possibly start? How could I possibly ever accomplish all of this? And. 
Dumbledore's like, you know how you're going to get this done? And Harry's like, please tell me all I need is guidance. And Dumbledore's like, love. <laughs> and it's like, no, nah, man, do you have like a gun or something? Or like, can you give me like real tools? <laughs> So like a magic spell that I get like, <laughs> like a, a um, like a metal detector. Like a, like, like, <laughs> like I've been trying to teach you magic spells this whole fucking time, you idiot. You just hated doing your homework. <laughs> like a like a sectum sempra spell, which is the <gasps> next chapter. Ding, ding. I'm so excited for that <gasps> one. Oh my god. <laughs> sectum sempra. I always I always use that line, um like so so with court like right she'll just like when she uses like one of my my jokes against i go you dare use my jokes against me <laughs> <laughs> it happens a lot happens uh, they are like yelling about the prophecy and i just like don't really understand it or care it's like when sean tries to explain to me <laughs> how my car is going to get fixed and i'm like honey i'm paying someone else to w worry about what is happening here <laughs> And he's like, but no, you should understand. And I'm like, I, I don't I consent don't. to hear this because it's not going to stay in my brain. <laughs> I don't want to hear about your stupid prophecy about love magic. <laughs> I find it kind of funny that Dumbledore's like, but like, you don't get it, Harry. Like, Voldemort, like, you know, he put the prophecy in motion because he... <laughs> He let himself be so enthralled by it that, like, he ultimately made uh, the prophecy come true, right? Like, like so, what? and he's just like, <laughs> he's like, who fucking cares? And I am with him. <laughs> and then he's like, wait, I understand now. It's the difference between being dragged in and walking in with your head held high. What a Gryffindor bitch ass dumb fuck thing to say that is not like a helpful or meaningful distinction at this time harry is obligated to this see if, if i was dumbledore in this moment and i was just like i would have been like harry listen you're really not getting it i'm just gonna <laughs> just listen to this song and then i'd put on what is love and just like bop along be like do you get it do you get it now Morty? do you, do you get it now harry <laughs> love is a feeling <laughs> You have a vibe that Voldemort does not. It's just like, I think that I think that if you wanted love magic to be a thing that readers won't laugh at and groan at, you have to give it reality in the physical world. You have to say when your mother died, she cast a spell inside of you that will live on because she loved you. That's where the power came for the spell. And because of that, you have a plus five to your armor class. Like you have to like do something he has like, meaningful. Yeah. yeah. It's like because of that, Voldemort can't touch you, which is one of the very few th ways we do see this power working. And that's weird because they do magic in this world. They don't need to touch each other. Mm. They got mage hand. I've been playing a lot of ballers, a lot of D and D. <laughs> um, it's just that because the love magic manifests in whatever the plot needs in a given moment, like Voldemort, uh, like when Voldemort's chasing Harry in the next book, and his wand like acts of its own accord, or like all these random things, and we're like, oh, that's the love magic, and it's like. 
There's, Is it's it? just, you're just explaining plot holes with a band aid that says love on it. Like it's not working. <laughs> it's not enough. Not enough, but isn't that love? <laughs> Can you uh. ever get enough love, Tina? <laughs> isn't that same thought what led Voldemort to create a Horcrux in the first place? <laughs> <laughs> Tina, the next time we play D&D, I'm going to ask Sean if I can cast a love spell. Oh, my God. <laughs> mm. uh, Everybody gets like, points of inspiration. Yeah, it's like, great. We all feel great now because we love each other. <laughs> wow. Josh, do you have any final thoughts about the chapter now that we're here at the end? Wow, that went so quick. Um, I know. And I feel like the whole thing was tangents. The chapter kind of didn't have a lot in it. Yeah, a lot of Dumbledore rambling. That that was yes. 90% of it. Um, well, um, I don't fully understand why we didn't get Horcruxes until now. I, I mean, I know it's a plot device, ultimately. Because she just like, invented them. Because she just invented them. But No, I know you think that it would have felt more... Uh, co- comprehensive throughout the series if it right. had been part of it the whole time. Right. Like, just little hints of it. You know? I mean, we obviously got it with the with the diary and Chamber of Secrets. hmm But aside from that, that's really the only evidence that we have of that. So mm-hmm. she's kind of like, like Michael said earlier, like retconning a little bit, but... For I mean, sure. Yeah. But, For yeah, sure. overall, I mean, now that we have what it is that Harry needs to do to win. <laughs> like, <laughs> finally. Yeah, we're, like, here at the climax. So, listen, we only have six chapters left. Next week, we got Sectum Sempra. The next week, the Seer Overhead, which I don't remember what that's about. And then the next week, the Cave, the Lightning mm. Struck Tower, the Flight of the Prince, the Phoenix Lament, and the White Tomb. I miscounted. It's not six. It's actually... Seven, the most magically <gasps> powerful number. Sacrifice. <laughs> I sacrifice myself every day for this podcast. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we're really gearing up here. As I said to Charlie earlier today, allow me to read it. A fun gay attempted murder moment before diving into the finale of this book. <laughs> so Sectum Semper is going to be a fun one. It, that's, that's and then we'll get killing Dumbledore. That's the next thing on the list. Check it off after we flirt, flirt fight in the bathroom. Check that off. Murder Dumbledore. Okay, check. <laughs> check, check, check. <laughs> wow. Michael, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Where can the people find you? Yeah, you guys can find me at my brand new website, michaelboothbycreative.com. Oh, hell yeah. Where I'm writing every week about... Spirit- All shiny and new. Yeah, right? It's 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 beautiful. I'm, I'm blogging every week. I've got blog articles for the next six months on spirituality, creativity, pop culture, analyzing pop culture mm-hmm. through the lens of spirituality. So yeah, I'm looking to help people create. I've got a bunch of services on there. Um, otherwise, also Instagram. My Instagram is now Michael Boothby underscore creative. So nice. Check it out. Hell Yeah. And what's something you've been reading or watching or listening to or playing lately you think the listeners would enjoy? Ooh, that's a great question. Okay, I'm I'm always reading, playing, seeing so much. Um I know. What am I playing right now? Oh, um 
I might have talked about this last time, but Weird West. I'm, I'm going to recommend this game, Weird West, because it was like free on PS5 a few months ago. And it's like this Wild West, like isometric third person kind of like RPG, almost reminiscent mm-hmm. of like Fallout 2, these older games. But it has Ooh. like the, the you go through like five different characters and you play this like spirit that goes through five bodies, kind of like a Horcrux. It's actually kind of like Whoa. a Horcrux. <gasps> wow. And so that's the thing, so it's like the- like wild, the Avatar. Right, yeah, that's, so you play through five different characters and you're like uncovering like, and so it's like the Wild West, but it's also like dark magic and werewolves. So it's like, it's a really fun story. I'm not gonna say it's like the best game I've ever played, but it was a really fun game that did a lot of novel things nice. and I enjoyed my time with it. So check out yeah. Weird West. Awesome, thank you so yeah. much. Of course. Josh. Where can the people find you on the internet? Well, you can find me at Super Scary Podcast. That is my lovely horror movie podcast. Um, we are currently on a little holiday hiatus, but I'm starting back up uh, about mid-January. We cover horror movies every Monday. You can follow me at Super Scary Podcast on the all the socials and email me at superscarypodcast at gmail.com. Hell yeah. And what uh, media are you going to plug this week? Well, since I already mentioned it, I mean, it's a pretty old game, but um, Final Fantasy X, and there's a sequel called X-2, um, and it really uh, contributed to my homosexual awakening, because nice. it's about uh, uh, three strong, independent women, you know, yeah. just, just traveling the world and fighting yeah. baddies, so... T- oh, Tina, you would love Ten Two. That is a bad, Absolutely. bad game. I've never played a Final Fantasy before. Really? Oh, my God. Yeah, really, cool. really. It wasn't either. God, oh, my... You guys... Oh. I don't know how that happened. I'm gonna have to make a Horcrux now. <laughs> <laughs> well, they they usually go on sale on Switch. Uh, they have a lot of remastered oh. editions of all of the Final Fantasies. Okay. Um, well, I'll try but, it out. Uh, yeah, so it's good. Which one should I start with? Um, well, thankfully, they don't really connect to each other. They're all like their own individual stories. So you could really start with any of them. Okay. I started with eight. Really? Everybody loves, that's interesting. Yeah. Starting yeah. with eight. That's wow. Okay. So I guess Every- I shouldn't do that. <laughs> Well, everybody well, not- loves seven. Uh, yeah, seven is seven, like seven was my first, and I still highly recommend it. Yeah, okay. seven is like the darling. Um, eight is kind of the underdog. Um, I feel like since it came <laughs> after seven, it's like sure. c- like people don't like it as much. Yeah. But um, I do suggest ten because that was the first time they were able to use like voice actors yeah. and stuff. Oh, nice. Um, in the early two thousands for like video games, so it's a okay. it kind of was a uh what's it mold breaker mm-hmm. yeah okay that's cool i love it's a that very good game i've been your host christina you know where to find me and this week i'm gonna plug the new nicholas cage movie dream scenario by a24 whom we love Ooh. because they Ooh. were the only one of the very few studios that wasn't being struck during the strike because they just were happy to meet um the what the i don't want to say demands the requirements I mean, it was kind of demands. Like yeah, they were, they were demanding, the but asks. like in a way where we support them, not where. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, dream scenario starring Nicolas Cage is about Nicolas Cage plays this old college professor, and everyone starts having dreams about him. Like everyone in the world starts having Whoa. dreams about like this guy. It's very like being John Malkovich. Like, yeah, I want to see this. Yeah, it's really, it's really good, and you know, I, I love Nicolas Cage. I think he does yeah. a wonderful job in this movie. 
All right. Also, awesome. um, it's freaking Christmas. <laughs> it's Christmas woo week. Um, it's actually Christmas on Monday. So All I right. hope everyone has like a very happy holiday. If you're traveling, do that safely. If you want something snuggly, go hop over to Burn Before Reading because our ep- episode today is about Pride and Prejudice. Um, it's very cozy little episode with Grace, whom we love. Frickin' cheers, bitches. Period. That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at RestrictedSectionPod, or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. I'm Christina Kahn. And I'm Leela Hilton. And this is Burn Before Reading. The podcast about shitterature. We're here to examine the terrible writing we did when we were younger. Uh, like that school project you were really proud of. Or that poem you wrote when you got dumb. Well, how about that apology letter you wrote to your mom when you got into that fight? Or the song you recorded before you knew how to write music. Okay, don't at me. (laughs) And we're here to talk about other cringy literary topics along the way. Like the Library of Alexandria. And Dewey Decimal. His name was Melville. Melville Dewey. Oh, well, do we want to get the clips rolling? I don't think I ever recovered from this in terms of being cool. Why did I say any of this? I do like the drama. So there is actually quite a bit to unpack here. Oh, all this drama was so addictive as a teenager. There's no punctuation to it. I'll start with that. I actually have no memory of this. There were so many, so many lies that I was telling it. It's not terrible. No one like really taught me how to write a good short story. That was a journey. Listen to Burn Before Reading every Wednesday, wherever pods are cast. Check, 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 check. Until like two years ago, Chuck Chuck was something that I only ever heard in the occasional like hip hop song. You know how they do it yeah. sometimes? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mike, check one, two. Dave X Media.